if I have a certain level of conviction mm-hmm. and like my if my gut is telling me to do a thing and my intuition mm-hmm. is telling is guiding me away, like I cannot refuse it. Mm-hmm. I can't deny it. And it hasn't really steered me wrong. That's good. You know, and so I think that that's the lesson now. And I think that that lesson has actually affected some of my family members where they are now kind of stepping out, mm. out outside of those like traditional spaces and saying, let me try something. You know, I see that it can work here. I see that it can work there. Mm. Let me try it too. This is the 40 Lessons Podcast. My name is Todd B. Waldo. Thank you so much for checking out 40 Lessons. This is episode 50. 50 times we have pulled these episodes together. Myself, some wonderful guests. My daughter's been on here. So thank you guys so much for being on this journey, sharing these stories as as we just open up our lives and share with you all Lessons we have learned, the ones we are still learning, things we are still figuring out. So thank you guys so much for checking out and being a part of what we're doing here on 40 Lessons. I am excited to bring to you for this 50th episode, my girl, the founder and a creative director for the Africana Independent Film Festival. That's right. Anjali Moon is on the podcast and we had a good time. She was at home and I was at home and we got online and shared some time with each other. So glad and just honored to share this conversation with you guys. And make sure you stay tuned after because I got to tell you about the family. I got to tell you about Community 5050 and some of the great work that they are doing right here in Richmond, Virginia. So let's get into it. Anjali Moon right here on the 40 Lessons Podcast. I am once again at home in the home office and in front of me is a woman who I deeply admire, deeply appreciate. She is a partner with me for many of the dope things that I get to be a part of here in Richmond. Anjali Moon is in the building, on the mic, on the screen. Good morning. Good morning, Brother Waldo. Hello. How do you do? I I, I do all right. Um, I will say, for many of the episodes that we've recorded, uh, you and Africana, I think on the tally of shout outs and recognitions, I think you're pretty high up there on the list. Oh, I appreciate oh. that. <laughs> I appreciate the love, wherever it's coming from. Thank you. There's been plenty of love shown to you. Uh, of course, it is April. We are all at home. Um, are you Are you taking care of yourself and your family? You guys are doing all right, working through a much different way for us to live and exist. Yeah, you know, we are doing all right and we are taking care of ourselves and learning how to do that better each day. It's actually been uh, it's unfortunate that the like the undercurrent of this is illness and, and you know, and death and fear. But uh, it's actually been a really wonderful time. Uh, this is unprecedented in terms of just the opportunity to come home and decompress mm-hmm. and have everyone around you kind of doing the same thing for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has been, uh, this has been a welcome moment of just, uh, peace and, you know, somewhat peace, you know, it's like that underlying stress. Cause you putting on gloves and sanitizing all the damn time, you know, <laughs> making sure that you don't catch the Rona. Right. Um, but 
what we are able to do as a family and then on an individual level, catching up on things has been quite nice. Yeah. I, I, you do easily lose sight. So I'm, I'm looking outside right now and it seems like a normal day. Sun shining, breezes blowing. Uh, but you forget, like you forget that there are so many people who are suffering, so many people that we've lost, mm-hmm. so many people put into lives on a line every day to every take day. care of us and try to make us healthy. Uh, when you when you started 20, were you one of those people that said, peace to 19, but get you, I am done with 19, 20 is my year, new decade, new things, like I'm ready, like 20 is going to be a new thing? Or were you like, no, like I'm good. I'm going to keep what I did in 19. I'm going to flow that right into 20. Because some people are like, I'm done with 19. I'm ready. Yeah. For some people do 19 away and, you know, like, it's like garbage. Bye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't necessarily that. I actually had like a hard time transitioning into the new year. Like really? it was just, um, I was just still just really busy. I felt a bit overwhelmed and I actually created a new uh, New Year's Day for me, like January 1, I was like, oh, that's garbage. That right. did nothing. That meant nothing. Yeah. And so it wasn't until February that I really even felt a, a shift, like that New Year's shift that people are seeking. Mm-hmm. That I put myself in the, the mindset of that. But it wasn't to throw away 19 or the, I mean, because throwing away 19 is almost throwing away like all the work of that decade. Yeah. Like, that was the culminating year of all that work. And while it was a rough year, it was an amazing decade, Yeah, you know, for, for me. And so, um, no, I wasn't one of those throw the whole thing away, you know, bring with it the lessons that you can, mm-hmm. you know, what was trash, throw it right in that wastebasket, <laughs> bye. Um, but yeah, and, and, you know, we all have aspirations, high aspirations uh, for a new year. Like, I get that. But you never know what it's going to hold. And if 2020 taught us anything so far, right. you, just, you really never know. But that doesn't mean not to be hopeful. Yeah, that's right. right. There's still space to remain hopeful um, in all of it. But you, you never know. So. And this was, you know, your, your ending of that decade. It's, it's big for you because it's, it's a big milestone in your life as well. Uh, and I wondered for you, so when I, when I got into my forties, that was a really, really, really big deal. Um, not just because of who I was as a person kind of professionally, but given my dad and kind of his life and what happened to him, you know, during this season and him passing away during that time, like getting to 40, being healthy and well, good relationship with my daughter, all those things like, yeah, this is good. When you, when you stepped into that was that a sig- really significant moment for you to to get to that point in life and kind of look around and see this is this is what I've done this is who I've become yeah uh 40, 40 hit me you know uh, 30 didn't necessarily hit that hard 35 not so much 37 hit me I was like really? I'm in my upper 30s. Wait a minute. I'm <laughs> in my late 30s. Um, so but no 40 um I stepped into 40 with probably the most intention that I've stepped into a birthday um, that I can recall. Uh, I went to Arizona. I spent some time in Scottsdale and at, uh, oh gosh, um, Sedona. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was was a necessary moment. It gave me an opportunity to step away to see something beautiful that I had never seen before. Um, 
I had some really amazing experiences. And in setting that intention, I think that it kind of set the course for what I want 40 to look like, 40 and beyond. Um, And so, yeah, 40 has certainly uh, impacted me in a different way. It's also like made me more aware of my mortality. It's like, Mm. girl, you not 15, you not 20, you not 25, you 40, you creeping up there, right? Um, And I'm I'm proud of some of the work that I've been able to accomplish. Um, it's been really wonderful, uh, but it also allows an opportunity for reflection to say, okay, so how do you use uh, this as a foundation to kind of take you to the next thing? Because there's more that I want to do. Yeah. And so 40 has been an opportunity for that. Uh, and, you know, interestingly enough, with this whole time now where you really you are being forced to stay put. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have an opportunity to put some of that work in and make some of those things come to fruition potentially. So uh, certainly 40 has been a very interesting year. Tell me a little bit more about this intentionality. Were you trying to create space to to just listen, to reflect, to make plans? Like that intentionality was directed towards just, just openness. Like what were you trying to accomplish when you set out to about specific time and and you picked a very particular location to do that as well um so yeah it was part of it was to be able to listen to myself Mm -hmm. um i've been just it had been a very busy year 2019 2018 and 2019 were just super busy and there were moments within it that i felt lost Mm -hmm. um you know it was just so many so many things, you know, you end up doing and not being. And so I wanted to um, create a space where I could at least get on a pathway to more being Anjali and not just doing the things that I think or people think Anjali should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I, so yes, I wanted to create some space to get reacquainted with myself, mm-hmm. uh, but then also one of the things that has become like increasingly clear, like I'm a born and raised in Richmond. I'm a Richmond girl. I've been here majority of my life. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's so much more. And so like they're part of the intention too is like positioning myself energetically so that I can be open and that the universe knows that I'm ready to bring in even more experiences, newer experiences. And they don't always have to look like, you know, business opportunities, just life learning opportunities. And so a part of that was just trying to jumpstart that as well. That's a, that kind of maturity to shift from a, a doer of things to just to be and to exist as you. Because you will always perform and do like that'll always happen but not at the expense of you being who you're supposed to be um many of us figure that out the hard way like we exhaust ourselves <laughs> hello right we just wear ourselves out they're like you know what i can't do this anymore and then we kind of come back uh so for you how do you hold that back because you have 15 jobs <laughs> you and it's wonderful. You got you, your hands are in many things. You are called upon so often, so often to to help us and to lead us. How do you hold that back so that you maintain what you started out in Arizona? 
Well, I'm learning, you know, uh, it's not always easy to do. Uh, I had every intention of doing this when I turned 39 okay. and I totally failed. <laughs> right? I, 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 I face planted on all those intentions Yeah, because it's hard to say no, right? Uh, for me sometimes. And, you know, when you are dealing with people that you know, people that you like, people that uh, have also been there for you and created space for you to live out your dreams when, you know, that whole cycle comes back around and someone reaches out, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be able to step up and say, yeah, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I, I wanted to like cut back on some of the things that I was doing last year, like I said, didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so this year uh, I realized that what I needed to do was actually like craft a plan. Hmm. Right. You know, so when you get an ask, how do you create a response that gives you the buffer that you need to decide if this is something that you need and want and have the bandwidth to do? Mm. And so I actually created language. Wow. You know, I created, you know, how do I respond via email? How do I respond in a verbal conversation um, so that people understand that, you know, even if I'm not available right now to do it, I still support you. Mm. That was the biggest thing. Like, how do I, uh, how do I say no with compassion? And so um, that has been like the thing that has helped me, like actually putting that language together. And so I've been able to uh, gracefully uh, say not this time Mm -hmm. uh, more than I have over the last few years. And so I think as I keep that going, um, it'll it'll lead me. You know, I'm I'm trusting that is my first step to take me to whatever the next step is. I'm not saying I know what that looks like yet. That's good. That that's a good. Uh, no is hard. Um, no, but is sometimes the way to respond. No, I can't do that, but I can, you know, right. just do this. Um, when you being here in Richmond for so long, when you look around right now, I, I always credit you uh, and what you've had your hands in as helping to shape a lot of the dopeness that is Richmond. Um, it has been for me personally. And I know for, for a lot of us, um, in particular, thinking about Africana and all the things that has happened in that space. Uh, when you look at Richmond right now, um, what's the thing if you were to say, like, I'm really excited about this? Like, I'm hearing this, I'm seeing this. Like, that's the thing that, yeah, I'm excited to see that kind of keep going, build upon that. Is there something that's really kind of up there for you that really excites you about what's happening in Richmond right now? Ooh, there's so much happening here. It's, it's a couple of things. Um... So, you know, like, uh, I, I'm blessed to have, like, a really, like, dope circle of people that, like, you know, you kind of know personally that are doing really amazing things. Yeah. Um, one of the things is uh, Mecca, Mecca Williams. Yeah. He's like this uh, style and spirit. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's amazing. I think that Richmond's, like, fashion scene has been underplayed. Mm-hmm. And with, you know, VCU students and people who are transplants and, and then Richmond based people or, or Richmond native folks uh, that have had their own style to have like this black lens that is out there capturing mm-hmm. uh, the dopeness that they're bringing in terms of fashion. I, I love it. Um, I'm not like a big fashionista. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, I mean, you know. I, I can I can get dressed up if I need to, right. but some people like get up on the Tuesday, 
and and go all out. And like Mecca is definitely one of those people. Um, and she's like personified her own style. And I think that her and that Style and Spirits crew have done a really great job of finding other people yeah. uh, who do that and highlighting them. Uh, plus, they create like party spaces. She partners with Rayvon for that two triple O, which is super dope. Mm-hmm. So, um. I like that energy because I also find it's multi-generational. Yeah. So like it's bringing in like those millennials or I don't even know if they're millennials any Gen Xers, millennials. Mm-hmm. Y, Z, yeah. Y, Z, the all the alphabet people. <laughs> the whole alphabet is in the suit. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody, you know, wants expresses themselves in different ways, and so um, I really enjoy seeing that come come to pass. Um, uh, one of the 15 jobs I do um, <laughs> is the ICA. Yes. Uh, I'm a curator of film over there, and I really love what the ICA is bringing to Richmond. Um, the last like year has been badass. Yeah. Right? Like uh, we have a new director. Uh, his name is Dominic. He's dope, and it's been just kind of cool to be. Uh, under the leadership of someone that wants to do some bold things. Yeah. Uh, we have some great curators there, um, uh, Amber and Stephanie. And it's just been a really cool space to watch it grow. Because mm-hmm. brand new, it's a clean slate. It's still learning. And you see that learning process. But the people that have come through Richmond because of ICA have been amazing. So I hope more and more people like get on it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to see what ICA does. Um, one more, one more, one more. Oh, that is so hard. I'm making, I'm making. Oh, wait a minute, Richmond Night Market. Uh, so yeah, so Richmond Night Market like filled this void that Richmond kind of didn't know that it had. Hmm. You know, so creating this space for uh, artisans and entrepreneurs to come and uh, share their gifts and goods with the world. Um, but then also like this place for just like Richmond to come and convene. It's like a bit of a, a homecoming, you know, like uh, a family reunion, gets a bunch of hugs, you know, post Rona, hopefully we can get back to the hugs, you know. Um, but yeah, like I think they're even doing like a virtual event tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, I, I like what Artisan uh, Melody and Adrian and Tony have created. Um, it's, it's been like a really dope space. Uh, for Richmond, so I love it. Plus, in light, I love in light. Just to throw that in, yeah, yeah. I love in light. Yeah, I, I, oh man, the one they did on Broad Street. Yeah, yo, the one on Broad Street was so amazing. Coming as a person from Richmond to see Broad Street shut down. I mean, we've seen it shut down for um, what's that food festival? Rich Magazine does. Um, um, oh god. Not the well, that yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, to see it shut down at night, you know, with all these light activations and people everywhere, mm-hmm. um, I think that it was amazing. Thank you, broad appetite. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, um, you know, it, it was really great to see. You know, my desire for uh, in light, uh, is that even more people know about it, mm-hmm. that all of Richmond uh, understands that it is this space for you to come out and engage and, and see really amazing um, art. 
And so uh, I hope that as the years continue on, more and more people learn about it and feel welcome to come. Yeah. Do you feel a, a sense of, um, I'm going to use this word, uh, purpose, kind of call, like the things you're doing are supposed to happen in Richmond. Like what you're, what you're doing, what you're creating, like it's really for, for Richmond and the people here. Like your legacy is here. Like do you have a sense of, of that kind of focus for Richmond, for the things you're doing? Uh, so yes, I don't want to say yes and no, but more like a both and. Okay. So uh, it is for here and I think other places, but here first, right? Uh, I'm a person rooted in Richmond. And so when I create things, I create it thinking about Richmond first and foremost, like period. Um, what do I feel like uh, Richmond will respond to? Um, I hate to say like, what does Richmond need? But, you know, in yeah. some ways it fulfills like, mm -hmm. you know, maybe some need. Um, but I do think that what I've learned through some of these initiatives, especially like Africana, uh, is that it's space for it to be rooted in Richmond and for Richmond to help shape its personality and its direction. Mm. Uh, and for this to always be home uh, or the flagship, but that there are opportunities for it to live in other places yeah. too, yeah. right? Uh, Richmond, I think the way that Richmond has engaged with Africana has shaped it in such a way that it makes it unique from a lot of film festivals. Mm -hmm. uh, most film festivals aren't creating the sort of spaces that we're creating in terms of dialogue and community building. And so to be able to take that lesson from Richmond, because I think that Richmond has the opportunity to teach the world a lot, um, to be able to take that lesson from Richmond and implant it in other places uh, and allow Richmond to then kind of spread its wings, right? Yeah. You know, we haven't had the opportunity to really spread our wings wide yet. And so if Africana can, you know, put a drop in that bucket, I think would be amazing. And then of course, like things like Dinan Blanc, that's already an international affair. Mm -hmm. So for Richmond to be a part of this conversation, um, this international conversation, and for Dinan Blanc, uh, the corporate office to feel like we're one of the best ones that, that happens in the, in the country, yeah. very exciting. Right. It's, it says so much about the energy of Richmond and its people and its ability to engage and like make something dope. Yeah. Like we make shit dope. Yeah. Richmond Black Restaurant Week. Yeah. I don't care what black restaurant we can go to in the country. We have the dopest. Yeah. I can tell you that. And so um, I don't know. It's something special about Richmond, man. The ground is so fertile mm -hmm. and the people are so ready and the people invest. It's, yeah. it's an exciting place. When you look at your your journey to this version of yourself uh when you were being brought up in richmond i i i wonder this this career you've had right the things you've done uh that you're doing now with your 15 jobs what you did with you know with croker spot like these these career things that have happened were you groomed this way like were you brought up like i was brought up get a good go to college get a good job like those are the two things i had to do and that was going to take care of the brother and get married and have some babies. Like, it was just like, just do the stuff. How, were you raised in a way that says, yeah, girl, you got to create stuff, do stuff, be this person. Like what, how, how did, how did you, how the family shape you to turn you into this? <laughs> right. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was certainly raised in terms of the way I was taught, Yeah. Uh, you know, was certainly to go to college and get the good job. You know, my mom's a PhD. My grandmother had her master's. My 
uh, grandfather went to college. It's on my on my mother's side. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother's side was college educated, right? And so there was a most of them were teachers. Mm-hmm. So there was a great deal of value placed on this idea of education and the way that education can propel you mm-hmm. uh, to do the things you want to do in the world. And I and I believe that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and my father also like was go to school. He wasn't as traditionally educated, mm-hmm. right? He was born in 1937, uh, very different time. Uh, and so he made his way, right? But he made it, he made his way. Uh, and I think that somewhere in between the wires got crossed with me. I'm like, well, I'm doing what he's doing. And then over here is the school and what I'm supposed to do. I wasn't, <laughs> you know, so yes, I was, I was certainly like, uh, you know, I went to college when I graduated from high school. I didn't finish uh, at that time. And, you know, my, my family wanted that, I guess you could say, traditional mm-hmm. route for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that just through my life, uh, seeing the things that I saw, being exposed to some of the things that I had the ability, a privilege of being exposed to, it gave me like the confidence mm. to kind of take my do my own thing yeah right so it was like well i don't i'm I'm really feeling this college thing and then i went off to do other things and and i will say this i totally trust in like universal Mm -hmm. guidance yeah i believe in this and so i do believe that i've been divinely guided to certain spaces and certain times like croker spot for example Mm -hmm. um but in in was there for 10 years but it was also like divinely guided to leave when i left Mm -hmm you know, and then also with Africana and some of the other things that have happened in my life. So um, growing up, I was taught, get that ass in school, <laughs> get get your degree like my sister, you know, she's a PhD, like, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. Um, most of my family is most certainly college educated. Mm-hmm. I'm the black sheep in that way. Did you have to, I'm going to use, I don't, it might not be the right word, like kind of convince a little bit. So you're courageous, like you're courageous stepping out. This is for me. This is what the universe is is doing. I could imagine that conversation. You gonna do what? No, you're not. What you gonna do? Uh, uh, yeah, for surely. Um, I I could tell you. So when I stopped going to state, um, I came home. I met this man. We are all in love. Oh, there was a boy. It was a whole boy. <laughs> <laughs> we were all in love. Yeah. We buy an RV. Okay. 1979, honey. From this back when you had to look in the newspaper. <laughs> for things like this 1998 mm-hmm. something. Um, and so, 99. So anyway, uh, we buy this RV and we drive to Georgia. Okay. All right. So my family's like, what are you doing? Right. Right. So you said that you were going to take a break from school. You need to go back to school. You about to go buy a what with a who and go to where? Like, oh, it's a problem. Like, it's like a whole intervention happening. It's like, Anjali, well, they're like, well, that car that we bought you, you're going to park that. You ain't taking that down there. Mm-hmm. So we buy this RV. We go down there and, you know, I was taking pictures at the time doing photography mm-hmm. and just, I ended up like teaching at like a kindergarten uh, at a, like a daycare, I called it to like pre-K. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, 
I think that at some point my family was like, okay, Anjali is obviously going to do her own thing. Yeah. Uh, I go down there, I come back, I uh, stayed down there for about a year and some change. I was like, okay, yeah, that was great, but I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came back here and it was during that time I got like a job and I hated it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got fired from it. It was the first time I ever being fired. Mm-hmm. So one of those jobs is like, you have to be there at seven o'clock. If you're there at seven Oh three, you're late. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that shit will never work for me. <laughs> so I'll say that right now. Um, so anyway, uh, after I got fired, I ended up, um, my father had a stroke right around, an, a brain aneurysm right around the same time. And uh, he couldn't drive. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so this is my little story about how I ended up at Crooks Life. Yeah. Uh, so I, he asked me to give him a ride somewhere. I gave him a ride. That place that he needed a ride to was on 2nd Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we leave there, we're driving down 2nd, get to the corner of 2nd and Lee, 2nd and Lee. And someone walks over to my window. Now, I've just lost my job. I have an apartment. Mm-hmm. I, this is back when we still had CDs. I was selling my CDs to Plan 9 so I could have, like, some, like, yeah. cash. Yeah. Right? Like, it was real. Um, anyway, we get to this light, and this person I've never seen before knocks in the window, and she's like, I'm like, I roll the window down a little bit. I'm like, what? And she's like, I don't know if you're looking for a job, but these people need a waitress. And I'm like, Okay and roll the window back up now my dad is in the car yeah. my dad's like oh pull over that's uh never junior son place that's sugar place place i'm like i don't want to be no waitress i'm not pulling over he's like pull over i want to see it i'm like shit <laughs> <laughs> i'm mad right? i want to go home so anyway uh i pull over and i end up meeting sugarfoot never the third and the other uh partner at the time kevin and they take me over to a on a tour of the place, tell me they're going to open in like a week. Mm. I'm like, y'all got some hella work to do if you open it in a week. But, okay. And they're like, why don't you just come for the meeting tomorrow? Yeah. You know, we're meeting with the waitresses or whatever. I'm like, a waitress? I don't want to be a waitress. I have, all, you know, like these ideas dancing in my head about still like the way I was raised, you know. I don't want to be a waitress. Um, but anyway, something said to go. End up going. My mom is like, what? You know, she's pissed. She is mad. She's like, don't go to this meeting. I'm like, I'm going to the meeting. I go to the meeting. The rest is history. Like, I never left the place for 10 whole years. <laughs> right? And it ended up being, like, one of the best things um, that I could do. So I think what my family uh, came to realize that, yes, Anjali is going to do what she wants to do. But also, like, if I have a certain level of conviction mm-hmm. and, like, my if my gut is telling me to do a thing and my intuition mm-hmm. is telling is guiding me away like i cannot refuse it mm-hmm. i can't deny it and it hasn't really steered me wrong that's good you know and so i think that that's the lesson now and i think that that lesson has actually affected some of my family members where they are now kind of stepping out mm. outside of those like traditional spaces and saying let me try something you know i see that it can work here i see that it can work there mm. Let me try it too. And so I hope that I've been like a source of inspiration in certain ways in that regard.
that that guide. Um, you're you're a parent too, right? Thank you know, do you let that guide you know how you are as a as a mom as well? I do. I, I try to anyway. Um, you know, it, it's tricky being a parent because you at the same time want the best for your kid, and so mm -hmm. you, you all that also like the idea of safety. Yeah slides in there mm -hmm. plus I'm a mom of a young black man yeah and so all those things that i was taught growing up go to college go to this do that you know there's a lot of that in my conversations with jonah mm -hmm. but i do try to balance it out with don't go to college and get like a, a degree in general studies right like you don't need to go to college just to go what do you want to do mm -hmm. unlike me uh jonah knows what he wants to do mm. Right. I had no idea. Yeah. Right. Like, but Jonah is pretty clear on what he would like to do in his life. Uh, it's at least like what uh, industry he wants to operate within. Mm -hmm. and so that makes it a little bit easier in terms of saying, OK, you aren't just wasting time and money by going to school because you know what you like to do. And this is actually the best path for you to take in order to do that thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so. I try to balance some level of like be creative, be free, do your thing with what skills do you actually need mm -hmm. so that you have the best chance for success. Yeah. And yeah. What did your gut say? That's good. You know, we we, do, we do, I think we do kind of figure out. Um, so we take from what our parents did that we kind of cherish and love and the stuff that was like, nah, I, didn't, I ain't like any of that part. Um, and like I'm raising a a young girl who is really artistic, loves to read, um, not really an extrovert, but she can do it, right? Mm -hmm. um, when she when she when she has to. But I I don't know her path, but being so open to discovering what that path is, as opposed to my mom knew she decided this is what you go and do. <laughs> <laughs> like I had nothing to do with it. I was just there. You <laughs> yeah. But but what I what I deeply appreciate, which is why I you know her name is part of the name of my firm, Helen. I deeply appreciate her focus, and her whole life she did everything to secure that path that she decided was going to be good for me. She just gave me a shot. She put me on the path, gave me a nudge. And the rest was up to me. Right. Um, but that like I try to say maybe I can make a path for my girl, and give her the nudge. Mm -hmm. Make sure that she's good on that path. Um, you you brought up um, these different generations and what different generations are doing in Richmond and how we kind of create space and kind of some of us, sometimes we all get together, but sometimes, you know, we're all kind of doing our thing. Mm -hmm. You are at that age now where I'm guessing folks who are 10, 20 years younger are looking to you to say, like, show me how. You mentioned being kind of inspiration to your family. Um, I'm sure you are an inspiration to younger people who are in this community trying to figure out, I want to be her. Like, I want to be like her when I grow up. Um, how important is it for you to, to think about uh, the folks coming up behind us and how the great things you're doing when it's not you running it, when you're just chilling, or off to the next thing, are you planting seeds and really helping them figure out keep this growing or here's how you do your thing. Thanks right. I made. How you figured out how to take some of this and give it to the generation that's coming up behind us. 
I'm learning that. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I have a really amazing crew of volunteers. Um, and there's a lesson in like leadership. Uh, it's there. And some of that is like leadership in terms of how do we execute this thing? And some of that is leadership in terms of how do you like pour some of whatever you have going on into you, into others. Um, I'm learning how to become better at that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have an intern and having the intern is interesting because that they're there specifically for that. Yeah. Right. They're there specifically to learn how are you doing what you're doing? Cause I have a desire to do something like that. And so that is called on me to become clearer on how I articulate uh, what it is that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also like uh, I'm creating space for the conversation so I can listen and and then you know give some level of advice or direction or feedback. Yeah. Um, but it uh, it's it, it's an important thing. It's become clearer and clearer to me the importance of it. Um, but it's like it's not a skill that I've honed yet. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I'm still learning. <laughs> I, like you know what I'm saying. Right. I think the biggest thing is like it's hard for me to say I can teach it because I'm like learning as I go, yeah. like for real. And so, um, you know, I, I want to be able to uh, distill some of those lessons uh, and pass them on in a way that makes sense, but also give my space, my myself the space to still be like the grasshopper mm -hmm. uh, when I need to be because I'm still a grasshopper in so many ways. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes I don't feel fit to teach because I'm still like in the class with my notebook open. Like, what you say? Can you repeat that, please? Right, right. You know? So, you know, it's a little bit of a balance going on because I am of like that age, yeah. you know, where people are coming and asking and I respect that they're coming, coming and asking. Um, so, yeah, you know, this is like a new kind of phase. Mm -hmm. So much of the previous phase was just like grinding it out, figuring it out, like just trying to get it done. Yeah. And now that there's at least a perception of being established, you know, people expect that you like got this thing figured out yeah. when you're going to write the book. <laughs> and I'm like over here like, Chai. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. It's to make it so, happen. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm learning. So I, I say that to say that it is important, um, the importance of it is becoming uh, even more clear than ever. And I'm figuring out how to teach. Do you, do you get time, um, like with the, the generation older than us, like the, the elders that are here, the folks that have been around for, for a while, do you get some time with them to kind of kind of listen and kind of glean from their experience here? I could. Mm -hmm. I, I I haven't created the time. I allowed myself to get so caught up and busy mm. that I didn't, I haven't been able to like create those spaces as often as I need to. Mm -hmm. Yes, I get some of it. Uh, we have so many um, amazing people who have done such great work um, and that have been just so gracious uh, to me in terms of, excuse me, different resources. And one of those resources uh, being their knowledge. Yeah. Um, but I do think as grasshopper and, and like one of the things that comes from this downtime is being able to realize like the way a day and a life can be structured, mm -hmm. right. And to create space for learning, um, 
needs to be a very like intentional part. Mm-hmm. And so uh, actually I'll, I'll take that with me as one of the things to like move forward with, yeah. like carving out like on a calendar time to meet with, you know, an elder to, you know, meet with a mentor, you know? I, I you know, there was a season in my life where having um, older black men mentor me was vital. It was essential. I don't know that I would have made it through those seasons without either of those men kind of just spending time with me and and, and what they poured into me. Uh, and I've I've tried. I've been pretty unsuccessful at this too. But like I've tried. I made a little list. Like these are the black men that I know. I'm reach out and we see them. Like we see them out at the places. Say, hey man, can we catch up? Can we talk? Uh, and and they have responded well to it. I've appreciated them just, yeah, we can catch up and talk. I'll I'll do that. I mean, I will say this, you know, one thing I have been blessed with, you know, since uh, Croker Spot is never Eggleston III, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I've had the absolute honor of being under his tutelage even to this day, right? He's one of the wisest people that I've ever met Mm -hmm. in my life. Um, And so he has invested uh in me and my personal growth um in a way that i i I would be remiss if i like didn't state that Mm -hmm. and so if there is someone that i speak to regularly that is there to give me some level of insight and guidance it's him Mm -hmm. um but i think that it's wise to have like a fuller breath of uh, people in from different spaces, different walks of life that can kind of give you different levels of insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I, I, I haven't been able to do as much. Um, I think that's one of the, one of my 40 lessons, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To, to really carve out time to do it. Um, because I think that also what you get from that is what does it look like to teach? So you ask me, what does it look like for me to teach? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, you need a, a clear example of what it looks like to teach in this way. Um, and so there's some of that there, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I wonder for you um, if if you figured out how, with all the things that you have. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, we're, fig, we're figuring, figured, figuring out, figuring out. We'll say that. Uh, so I, I have... You know, there's the people I know, and then there's like the, the the folks in the inner circle, right? There's there's my child, there's the family, there are the people that know me, places where I am known, they know me, and we have very open, honest conversations with each other. We're doing life together in a way, and then there's everybody else. Uh, I had to figure out like who was who, so I spent my time wisely. Uh, like right now, like I'm not on social media right now. Like I'm just not in it at all. I haven't been for the last like two and a half weeks. And I had to do that just so I could spend time with people in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Right? How are you figuring out with all, because you are so connected and you've got family, you got all these things. Like, how do you, how do you manage that? How do you balance time with the people who I got to see? Like, do you think of the, do you think of it in kind of compartments like that? That these are the, like, this is the fam, this is the close knit, this is the next level out? Kind of, sort of. Um, you know, I went through a period where 
I was just neglectful, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. you know, because I was just like working, working, working. I was doing. I was just doing. And so um, everything outside of work kind of got like pushed to the side. Uh, as I've shifted away from that, yes, I've like res- created a level of, uh, created some some space for like friends, right? Like what does it look like to really develop friendships, to create space and time for a glass of wine, mm-hmm. you know, for a conversation? Uh, these are lessons at, at 40 years old and I'm still learning, yeah. right? Because it's, I can like become like just laser focused on a thing mm-hmm. and you know, it's like, I know I got to pick Jonah. I know I got to do this. I know I got to do that. And then I got to do this. And then I got to do that. And then like all those other things, like if I got time, then I got time. Right. But now, you know, the, the importance of making time for those things mm. um, has become, you know, as I said earlier, just clearer and clearer. So, um, so it's a little bit of that. It's something that I haven't gotten it figured out, mm-hmm. but it's something I'm certainly in the process of figuring out, you know, how do I create time for your yes, family? How do I create time? Because there's so many like family events that I miss, mm. you know, uh, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So I miss weddings. I miss this. I miss that, you know, allowing myself to think that my work was that important. Mm. Right. And whether that be a croaker spot or any other of the other stuff that I was doing. So like, uh, creating a different priority scale mm-hmm. is what I would say I'm in the, that's the place in my life now, like creating um, a more intentional list of priorities. Uh, because at the end of the day, you know, your work is important and that's a portion of your legacy, but it's so much more to that. Yeah. And so um, figuring out how to, how to be better, how to be a better person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's really what that boils down to. How do you become a better friend, a better mother, a better daughter, a better cousin, a better sister, a better this, a better that? And so, you know, Anjali is a person in the process of learning how to do all that. Yeah. yeah. I, I do want to talk for a couple of minutes about uh, Africana. Uh, so you and I get to work together on, on this. And uh, I always tell people when I stepped into my first Africana event. Uh, I was like, oh, that's this is where you guys were. All right, I, I, okay. I, I, I felt my people. I felt connected to, uh, to Richmond in a way I hadn't before um, and to its people in a way I had not before. Uh, and that has not changed for everything that we've done over the years. Like that has just not, not changed. Um, so this year, uh, if all goes as we hope it would go, uh, this would be the fifth year of the multi-day, which is huge. That's so huge. To That's a big accomplishment. Um, when you look at a five-year birthday for this festival uh, and, and, and the seed that was sown to make this thing happen, um, how much joy does that bring you? How proud of you of what's this amazing team of people that helps put this thing on. Like what's, how proud of you, what Africa, what Africana has become? I'm beyond proud. Uh, I'm beyond amazed, you know, um, Africana is created by and supported by a really amazing bunch of human beings. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's from like team Africana, uh, our action team, all of our ambassadors, our board, you know, just an amazing group of people, but then also like the people who support it. Yeah. 
people who come out um, event after event, the people who spread the word, like, uh, I say this as a person from Richmond, not even like the person who, you know, developed Africana. And it's like a girl from Richmond. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Like walking into some of these spaces and you see the people and I feel that energy. I don't feel that energy is always as like the uh, Africana creator. I just feel it as a person, like as a person from Richmond. I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, this is the Richmond I wish I grew up in, Mm. you know. And so there's something just really special about uh, the... And this this uh, this feeling of like black joy and black reassurance mm-hmm. that is in the air during an Africana event. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that people understand that this is a space that while it's open to all, this was specifically created by a black woman for black people to understand that your stories have absolute value mm-hmm. uh, and that you know, not only should we be centered, we should, we have the opportunity to take up the whole page if we need to, and it's okay to do that. We don't need to shrink, right? And so I think people come come out being their biggest, fullest selves. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a beautiful thing to to, to watch unfold. Um, and it, it evolves every year. Uh, and that exchange, like seeing that, it pours back into the bucket of, of what Africana is and what it can be, you know, so it's always like some sort of lesson uh, being learned uh, each and every event. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am just, I'm, I'm overjoyed that we've made it to year five for a multi-day, year seven as an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, we, we still scrappy. We out here just scrapping, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we are not, you know, super polished, but we try to put on, you know, great events. And the community has been amazing in its level of support. And I mean that from the individuals, but also like the institutions, mm-hmm. right? I mean that from our community partners and our sponsors. You know, this doesn't, this doesn't happen alone. Right. You know, and so um, it's been a really interesting journey. I'm excited for year five. Hopefully, uh, we won't be doing a virtual festival mm-hmm. uh, year five because uh, I'm ready to turn up. You know, I'm I'm ready to turn up. Um, I, I want to bring you know thoughtful film and thoughtful dialogue to the table. I want to bring good parties. I want to bring opportunities for people to see people they haven't seen in a while and to be able to give those hugs that Rona hasn't allowed us to give. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have a really special opportunity come September. Um, and I'm really looking forward to That's it. That's good. That's really good. I, I always try to inject um, hope into these conversations. Um, I think we've we've sprinkled some of it throughout uh, the time we've spent together this morning. Uh, when you imagine Richmond, uh, a Richmond where Jonah's growing up, like Jonah's in his 30s doing his thing in Richmond, um, what do you what do you hope Richmond becomes as it builds upon where we are today? When you imagine Richmond moving forward, like what do you hope Richmond Richmond will do? What time? How much more time? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, so I think that we have Richmond as a city. We planted a really interesting seed, mm-hmm. right? Um. There is, because of Richmond's history, mm-hmm. which, is, which is ugly, um, 
there is a there are some there were some times in Richmond where we just wanted to like overlook that history and say let's just keep moving on right I think we're at a time where we acknowledge that we can't just move on without acknowledging this history in a way that is thoughtful right um but a, a way that allows for listening yeah. but also in a way that allows for a shift in behavior in the way in which we do things right so what I desire for Richmond is for us to yes continue to do the work that we're doing but how can we do that in a way that allows for even greater equity mm-hmm. for all the people doing the work right because that there's still a level of uh there's a gap there mm-hmm. there's still a gap that exists there and so over time i'm hoping that we can find a way to close that gap uh things that it would allow for a style and spirits a black restaurant week uh a, an africana a black rva you know the reason that some of those things have to exist is because of inequity right, right? You know what I mean? We had to say black RVA because RVA tried to leave black people out of the conversation, right? You have to create a black restaurant week because restaurant week mm-hmm. wasn't including black spaces, right? And so what equity really looks like is, yes, everyone being able to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if we still have to create spaces that are for us, by us, what does it look like to be able to get the support, whether that be in the media, whether that be uh, financially, mm-hmm. uh, that that any organization would need to be able to thrive, to elevate and thrive, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I, I know for a fact that black businesses, we, we scrap, we gotta scrap harder, mm-hmm. even in 2020, right? We are scrapping way harder than other people and harder than we really should have to for the level of value that we're adding to the city. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be different if uh, if RVA and, and or Richmond, like the energy of it wasn't built by the work that we do, mm-hmm. but it is built by the work that we, that we are doing and have always done, right? And so what I hope for Richmond is that we, we acknowledge that mm-hmm. and we make the changes that we need to make um that allow for this to be a more equal and balanced playing field for everyone playing the game i I think you're you you said this earlier that uh that richmond can teach uh i think that there's there is uniqueness for this particular southern city there's some uniqueness to here just like charleston atlanta some of these other places but there's a uniqueness to richmond and its place in history and what's happening here today that i do think could teach um, and you are one of those teachers. You are one of the people that show us and guide us and create dope things for us. And I appreciate who you are and what you do. And I, I said it in public. Uh, I keep doing stuff that you tell me to do. Uh, I said it in public. Not just to you, not just in private. Problem. I said it in public. Um, but it's real. Like I just, I'm, I'm inspired by you. And um, I, I love when we get to collaborate and work together. So. I'm looking forward to, to doing more dope things in this city and um, appreciate you jumping on, starting the, starting the morning off, late morning, hanging out on 40 Lessons Podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Todd. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Anjali for jumping on the podcast. Make sure you are following Africana 
Africana Film RVA on Instagram, AfricanaFilmFestival.org. Keep your eye on them. Look out for programming that's happening online while we're all staying at home. And uh, soon we'll be announcing when this festival is going to come back. All right? It'll be wonderful. Every episode, we highlight some nonprofit. And today, we are highlighting Community 5050. Shout out to Z-Bay and the whole family over there with Community 5050. This is a mentoring community outreach program and is geared toward the betterment of youth and families in the Richmond metropolitan area and surrounding localities. The program serves youth from ages 5 to 18 and their families and are created to provide this positive adult role model and help children develop socially and emotionally. Uh, they help the youth to learn and understand and communicate their feelings, to relate to their peers. They do a lot of really good work. And if you have not looked into Community 5050 and all that they offer and all that they're doing for so long in this community, please go check them out. Please support them. Community 5050, community 5050.com. Go check them out. Go check them out. Uh, support them. Encourage them because they're doing some really good work here in the community. I hope that you are doing your best to take care of yourself. If you are going out and you are working, Thank you so much for doing that. I hope you were able to protect yourself as you do that. And as you're staying at home and spending time with the people in your house, <laughs> I hope that all of you are doing your best to love on each other, listen to each other, encourage each other, give grace and space to each other, uh, and just try to take care of each other. You know, both the ones that are in your house, folks you know, scroll through your phone, pick on somebody, call them, text them, say, hey, what's up? How are you? Just want to check on you. Make sure you're doing okay in the world. All right? We're coming back next week with another episode of the 40 Lessons Podcast. That'll be episode 51. Thank you guys so much. We will talk to you next week right here on 40 Lessons.